Today on Gamerhead Radio, the N64 can finally move out of its parents' house. Gamerhead Radio starts now. Gentlemen, to Gamerhead Radio, I am, of course, Viking Jesus Mike Nemitz, the man that doesn't have a clever title for himself this week. I don't think I had one last week either, did I? I don't remember last week. Uh, no one remembers last week. Um, did we do a show last week? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely did a show last week. Was I here? Yes. You were here. Ooh, my memory sucks. <laughs> and over here, the man who can't remember what he had for breakfast today. No. <laughs> His goat. In my defense, though, breakfast for me is like 4 p.m. That's true. That's very true. Not exactly a morning person as of late. Yeah. And over here, the man who had to help his dog get out of a costume right before the podcast. True story. <laughs> uh, is he technotronic? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let me try that again. The Technotronic Horn himself, Mr. Charlie Worthley. Yeah, you did it. Okay. Just man, it's it's we've all had a long week, haven't we? Yeah. You know, just as for with, with the intro, I, I have to say I would have said the Nintendo the Nintendo sixty four can finally buy porn and cigarettes. I know. Call me crazy. Well, I mean the N sixty four has already been sneaking cigarettes, you know, from the local gas station for the past like three years. So but I mean legally now he can do it legally. And the N sixty four doesn't play like that. He's a it rebel. plays with power. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I walked right into that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Okay. Um, Here's your ticket. <laughs> Thanks I swear for the that ride. I, I swear that wasn't planned. Like, really, that was actually not planned. Anyway. So, um, speaking of the intro, uh, so this week the Nintendo 64 turns 18, so hooray! My first console was 18 years ago. Yeah, I'm. I'm both everyone. happy for the 64 to finally get some apartment, go to college, <laughs> and very sad for myself because I you feel old. Completely remember going to get that because I was at that age to have that kind of memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So N64 is 18. Um, not a. There, there's some expo happening or something, right? Like EB Expo or yeah, something EB like Expo that. happened in uh, Sydney. Australia. Sydney, so that so that's a thing. So um, they, they did some stuff in expoing, which is weird. So to all our Australian listeners, feel free to let us know. Seven yeah. of you, <laughs> <laughs> that might be generous. Um, uh, let us know what you thought of the show if you went. Yeah, yeah okay. it seems like your standard thing. They had some play, you know, some play me's and some here we goes. And... Does this have anything to do with the EB? Yep, it's the EB. Okay. Also known as GameStop. Electronics boutique that turned into GameStop here in the states. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, also, uh, new releases this week. Uh, Skylanders Trap Team actually came out today, October 5th, when we're recording, not by the time you hear this. Um, and I'm really glad I kicked that addiction because they've got a big old you know, display at work with all the new guys on it and stuff like that. And I'm just looking at it. And on the side, it's the thing that terrified me the most and made my wallet like thank me. Um, it said... Yes, yes, yes. Yes. It said 60 plus Skylanders to collect. And I'm like, oh, hell no. And at that point, his wallet turtled. (laughs) 
So, yeah, so I'm really glad I kicked my Skylanders addiction. However, I'm still the guy who pre-ordered all 12 Amiibo. Oh, I will give you, and I'm usually I give you a bunch of shit for being the plastic collector of everything, but <laughs> 12 usable Amiibo is something new, something fresh, mm -hmm. as opposed to 60 yet again Skylanders. Mm -hmm. And I will give you the props of you didn't even go to Disney Infinity 2.0. So well, you're doing all right. You're you're I'm, a first I'm, run guy. I'm, I'm yeah, something like that. New toy. What's this? Oh, I don't want it again. <laughs> um, for for the uninformed, how many Skylanders came out with the previous iterations? Like if sixty came out with this time, that's uh, a lot. The original game was twenty nine, I think. Okay. Uh, the second game was. 16 new ones okay. and then a bunch of like remolds and resculpts from like old characters and stuff like that. Okay. I don't recall how many Swap Force had because I was trying to say the hell away from it at that point. Fair enough. Um, but this one is apparently 60 plus Skylanders to collect and I'm like, no, I want to no, say, no, 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 no. I want to say Swap Force was like 40. Like they've been kind of, they've slowly been bumping up the numbers, but this is like the most noticeable increase between games. So for those of you keeping score at home, um, if you only get your uh, like one of each character over the past four games, you should now have over 100 pieces of plastic for Skylanders. At 14.99. <laughs> just remember, just just do the math and see how many car payments you could have made. <laughs> Or don't, if you don't want to be depressed. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> also coming out this week, uh, Alien Isolation is coming out to everything that isn't a Nintendo console. Um, well, I mean, that makes it isolated. Well, <laughs> um, Reviews have looked pretty good on this one. Reviews have looked decent. They're better than Colonial Marines. That's so. not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The reviews for a single Skylander plastic figure were better than the entire game of Colonial Marines. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um... Also out this week, Costume Quest, Costume Quest Two, um, NBA Two K Fifteen, and Drive Club. Dun, yes, dun. it's actually a thing. Remember, Drive Club is the PS4 exclusive that got delayed like forever. Um, just about a year. Now. Just yeah. about a year now. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. now that I think about it, so it's a weird game. They're they're still trying to figure out what it is. <laughs> Whether it's a uh, so far, whether it's a driving game or whether here's some cars. Game. You're in a club. Yeah. Go have fun. Yeah, go Play. go do the thing. Go just just go do the thing. So cool. Well, we're we're starting to pick up on releases. Um, Goat, what did you play this week? Uh, I'm sure you can probably guess. No, not at all. Which I'm, yes. I'm kidding. Go on. <laughs> uh, I played the uh, uh, the two obvious. Um, I'm when I left today. I was. I think 36% done with Forza Horizon 2. Uh, and then, of course, I've been smashing it up, as everyone has. And that's pretty much been my week. Uh, not a bad week at all. Both games are awesome. Uh, Forza Horizon 2 has fixed all the eh, parts of Forza Horizon. <laughs> like, you don't need to drive 38 fucking minutes to go anywhere anymore. You get to drive, like, five. Much better commutes between races. That's nice. <laughs> uh, and then Smash... Um, I, weirdly enough, there is no D-pad controls, so I... Yeah. We, at all? We, uh, at all. No, I, I, that was one of the first things I checked because I wanted oh. to change... Um, I wanted to switch what the triggers do between grabbing and shielding. Um, and I checked to see if there was the, you know, switching the movement from the D-pad to the circle pad for GOAT, and it wasn't there. And I'm like, oh, I hope he doesn't hate me for misleading him. <laughs> no, I misled oh. myself. But I, 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 after like six, seven, I had a, 
I made your Samantha thon with my I have a three DS club that we don't okay. talk about. Um okay. uh and uh I'm getting over it. Like it's it's a lot more fluid now that I'm used to after six hours of it. I think it was just that whole like, oh it's a demo. Uh, I don't really want to commit to this, but now that I've bought the game and I have to commit to it... You're like, I better get my money's yeah, worth. I better yeah. get used to it. And it actually, after a couple hours, you get really used to it, and you don't even realize you're using the circle pad, honestly. So it, so is the V-pad used for anything? Uh, taunting. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, right. taunting. So, like, if you want to be that uh, that guy, kind of like I've turned into, where you're playing as Palutena from Kid Icarus, and you want to use her pole dancing taunt... <laughs> I'm not kidding. She plants her staff, actual staff, in the ground <laughs> and like twirls around it. And it, it kind of, from far away, it kind of looks like she's pole dancing. And so a lot of people are like, this game is rated E10 for everyone 10 and up. And there's this guy. And I this. figured that out. She's huh. exercising? She took one of those classes after Jazzercise? <laughs> yep. Well, you so, know. But yeah, so. so really good game week for me. Um, Thank you, Gaming World, for giving me two decent releases that I can... Within really, three days of yeah, each other. that I can really kind of fill my week up with. Wonderful. Nice. Cool. Charlie? Um, I am uh, about 75% of the way through Valiant Hearts. I didn't finish it like I hoped I would, but still enjoying it. Um, and uh, played a little bit of... Uh, of um, uh, Shell and I sat down to play uh, Puppeteer. Um, and like Have I said, you finished that yet? Uh, like I said, last week we had the last chapter... To go the last act, I think they call it to go through, mm-hmm. and you know each act is like built in like the three chapters. We played the first chapter, and then her motion sickness got the better of her, and we couldn't play anymore. So oh. we now have two thirds of an act <laughs> left to go. Oh well, yeah. you're slowly but surely. Yeah. yeah, definitely getting my money's worth. I, I, I say somewhat sarcastically because I got it as the free game of the month or whatever it was. Ouch. Um, <laughs> but um, it's it's a kind of thing where it's it's it's. I've, t- I've praised the game before, so I'm not going to st- hang out on it too long, but I, I would say that it- it's one of those games where I enjoy it so much, I almost feel bad getting it for free. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it's like if I if I, well, ever... I mean, I can sell you my copy. <laughs> that would not satisfy my point. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever do see it like in a store new, like for like, I'm sh- you know, like five or ten bucks or whatever. It's pretty cheap now. Yeah, I, would, I might pick it up just, I don't know, just as like a... Almost like a some uh, like a symbolic gesture <laughs> towards the developers. Yeah. No, no, on the no, shelf there, too. There, there's a, a medical term for this. You have hard copy guilt. <laughs> <laughs> if that isn't a thing, it should be. Um, yeah, but um, what yeah. do you think? Valley Heart still? Are you are you, you, you tugging on the feels yet? Um, yes, there have been a couple. There, there, there have definitely been a few moments that I won't spoil. Um, Good, because I haven't started it yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just making sure. I'm just uh, yeah, when I when I recommend you guys stuff, I, I check in with you. Yeah. Yeah, I hate um, that when you recommend a game, somebody's like, "That's horrible." And you're like, ah. "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> um, the the here's the one thing I don't like about it: the way that the puzzles work. Mm-hmm. The puzzles are more like it's it's not the kind of pu- like I like puzzles where it's like the, the the entirety of the puzzle is in front of you and you have to figure it out, mm-hmm. like like logic puzzles or like you know things like that where you can yeah. see like the whole thing on the screen this is the kind of, the, these puzzles are more like you have to go and you have to find like run around town or whatever to find the right item to be able to get past this one part and if you just haven't realized that you could go through like this section that doesn't really look like a door but it is a door mm-hmm. um and you haven't been able to solve a puzzle just because you didn't realize that those are the puzzles that kind of bug me just because it's not like i, I feel like uh, it's, it's, more it's, a... it's one thing if you can't figure out how to solve a puzzle. It's, it's another thing where if you're not aware a piece of the puzzle is there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that sort of kind of 
bad game design. Just a little tiny bit, like a very minor qualm. But like, like, um, yeah, the action-reaction puzzle, where you have yeah, to find yeah. the action to get the reaction to solve the puzzle. Yeah, right. I ran into it a couple times, too. I was like, oh, well. Yeah, like, I have been over <laughs> this entire town five times looking for something yeah. to get past this thing, and I can't find it. Oh, wait, I can go through there. I had no idea. Yeah. So. I actually have a question for the both of you about Valiant Hearts. I have a, uh, a friend who is really interested in the game, but she doesn't want to play it, but she wants to watch it. Is it the kind of game that is entertaining to someone that's just watching it? Uh, that depends on the person, yeah. I think. Okay. Because um, to me, it didn't seem like a game that would be very much fun well, I, I'd watching. Say, like, the story... unless, it was, unless it was like cut up in like tiny little chunks yeah, or yeah. something. Well, like the actual like levels, I wouldn't say. I mean, you're just watching somebody solve puzzles. Okay. Like the story is actually like in the cutscenes and the breaks. Okay. Like you know, it's like here's a bunch of story. This is why you're doing this. Go do it. And then this is what happened from you doing this. Now go do this. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. If you're watching somebody play through it and they like knew exactly what they and you were saying they're watching them try and figure it out. <laughs> okay. Like I don't think that would be entertaining, but just watching some if 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 they did want to watch somebody play through the levels, mm-hmm. it should be like a speed run where they already know what to do, kind of a thing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I'll take that into mind. Um, is that everything, Charlie? Yes. Yes. Well, you got more gaming done than I expected, so. Yeah, I'm 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 getting there. Good. Good. Um, I played more theater rhythm. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, more Hyrule Warriors. Uh, loving the game. Finally unlocked Ganondorf, and I think I might be able to actually. I think Ganondorf and Hyrule Warriors might be the first uh, thing I could ever accurately cosplay. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, because Ganondorf in uh, Hyrule Warriors. This isn't a spoiler. We already know Ganondorf's in the game. Um, he's got his traditional like orangish red like hair and beard and stuff like that but his hair is like really long and majestic and like poofy and i i was looking at him like if i can just nail that color and get one of those sweet ass like crown things he has like right there i could totally pull that off so that might be a future cosplay who knows it'd be really interesting to figure out where the hell to get armor like that but whatever um well, store. <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to dis- disrail things for a second, but um, I'm surely you guys have seen the the uh, the 3D printed Samus outfit. That oh that my one god, yes, yes, yeah. I ordered it. I, I, <laughs> I believe you. Um, so I mean, just just to take that, and if, if listeners, if you haven't seen this, just go look up 3D printed Samus outfit. It is glorious. Um, it's probably the it's, best Samus costume ever. Yeah. As a Metroid fan, it is the closest to Dead On I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, of the various suit, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah. So there's your answer. You just have to find somebody with a 3D printer and some design skills. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, if you've got a 3D printer and are willing to, uh, you know, Outfit be awesome. A Outfit large a Viking. Viking. <laughs> In armor. Yeah. Um, uh, I also, of course, uh, downloaded Smash at midnight on Friday. Um, well, Thursday slash Friday. Um, and that was actually something that was kind of disappointing. Um, Charlie, I already told you this when I first came here today. Um, but when I went to download Smash, I went. I wanted to go digital because I always wanted the game with me when I had my 3DS and stuff like that. And I expected it to be difficult to get to just because, you know, it's the most anticipated 3DS game of the year. Everyone's going to be trying to download it at the same time, stuff like that. Um but I had to restart the eShop eight times in order to be able to even get to the, get Smash to show up, let alone purchase it. Thankfully, once I actually got to the screen where I could purchase it, and I put I already had my card information in and everything like that, and I actually remembered my password this time. Um, That's a 
Good thing. <laughs> well, it may, man, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, and so once it was downloading, it consistently downloaded. So, But it took just so many different attempts just to get to the downloading part. I was like, oh, I didn't, it, I didn't, I didn't get to play until like, I want to say almost two a.m., and wow. it came out at midnight. So yeah, I was playing. So by at 30. So, so at that point, I, yeah, well, at that, so at that point, I played through classic like once with Mario, and I was like, okay, I'll play more tomorrow morning. That whole, I've got it. I've got to use the new toy. I'm tired. That was fun. Good night. <laughs> so, but yeah. So yeah. That's uh, that's what we did this week in games. Let's see what the industry did this week in games. Okay, so coming in at number five, you've probably seen the horrendous-looking game Sonic Boom coming out this fall. I say horrendous because I'm a lifelong Sonic fan, and the character designs are just... Horrendous. Cringeworthy. If uh, long-time listeners will remember, Michelle's description looked like Sonic had sets with brat stalls. <laughs> I forgot about that. And it was frightfully accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that, but I'm glad you remembered. Um, well, uh, good news, question mark. Uh, the, the new games are tied in with a new cartoon series that will be hitting Cartoon Network. Um, we now know that the cartoon series will be hitting November 8th. And we watched a trailer before the show, and it didn't look horrible. Like, there was actually some decent humor, and, and you know, they have at least two-thirds of the original voice actors for the characters who should be there. Unfortunately, not one of them is Sonic, so, you know, there's that. Um, I wonder why they couldn't get him. Whoever, I don't remember his name. They've but. been going back and forth for voice actors with Sonic for the past few games, if I remember uh, right. I don't know who voiced him in Lost World. I didn't play Lost World because it was shit, but... Um, like generations had a different one uh colors had the original one um not the guy who did urkel not him he hasn't voiced anything since the original cartoon um i can't remember his name do you remember his name jaleel white him yeah, yeah. he was sonic in the cartoon yep. in the adventures of sonic the hedgehog yeah i had no idea no yeah. one had any idea <laughs> <laughs> wow okay yeah, and he um, he apparently got really angry at some point that they weren't using him to voice the character in the games. Mm. Or, or no, you know what it was? Uh, when Sonic Generations came out and modern Sonic was voiced by the regular voice actor and then classic Sonic was just mute, uh, Jaleel White thought it would be more appropriate if classic Sonic was voiced by him. And a lot of people were just like, yeah, okay, why not? He wasn't bad. But Sega didn't want to do it, probably mm. because Jaleel White wanted too much money for something that wouldn't have really taken more than half an hour to record. <laughs> the last thing I've seen Jaleel White in was he was in one of those like campy uh, shark movies, like like Mecha Shark versus Octo <laughs> Shark something. One of those movies that came Mecha out. Mecha Shark versus Octo Shark. I mean, like, really, is that, un that unbelievable? Which shark will win? <laughs> yeah. uh, he was in one of those that, um, that Michelle and I watched recently. He hosted some reality show on, like, TNT or something. Oh, no, I see. I have no idea. It, 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 whatever. So, but yeah, so Sonic Boom doesn't look horrible. Um, but, you know, as with anything Sonic these days, um, remains so, to be seen. Yeah, so, it's entirely possible every single good joke in the show was in the preview we saw. So, <laughs> so yeah. what we're getting at here, listeners, is now we'll have Charlie the Brony and Mike the Sonny, and they'll just be yapping about their kids' television shows from and here go forth. Goat the goatee. Yeah, the goat. <laughs> goat. Thing. 
Well, maybe I can start Goat Simulator thing, but I mean, I have no cartoon. Goat Simulator, Goatsy, Goat the Goatsy. <laughs> uh, and a new segment is born. <laughs> the Mini Adventures of Goatsy. It's <laughs> the worst thing. Where will they he go next? <laughs> Oh God! Just, <laughs> no, no, no! Fucking die! Just stop it! God, that does not have the gamer head green light. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that has the the red light. <laughs> the gamer red light. <laughs> oh man, let's move on. <laughs> Coming in at number four. Okay, I have to do the voice. Are you guys ready? Are you are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. What you gonna do, brother, when Crazy Taxi has Hulk Hogan as your driver? Sorry, okay, I'm done. Panic. <laughs> Panic, yes, that's the appropriate response. Um, pay him his fare, <laughs> as you would do, and just be like, I'm sorry I didn't work on wrestling for you, but you're a pretty good no, driver. No, was just on Raw this past Monday. Yeah, um, he probably drove the taxi there and was like, I validated. validated. <laughs> That's what all those sirens were for. <laughs> anyway, um, so for those of you f- who have been under a rock, um, Crazy Taxi is a game about driving taxis while being crazy. And what better driver? <laughs> what better driver to fulfill that wish than Hulk Hogan, the legendary professional wrestler? Um, the game is being updated to include Hulk Hogan in several different aspects, including on the app icon itself, on the money, which will be now Hulkamania dollars. <laughs> um, several other things in the game will be themed Hulkamania, which I'm guessing that they'll just color everything red and yellow, only to be recolored as black and white, and then everyone will hate him. Hey, wrestling joke. Oh. You're welcome. Endless promo. Um, <laughs> So, a, lot, a lot of signs. A lot of people on the side of the road with signs. <laughs> uh, every time Hogan drops off a new... Um, what are they? They're not... Fair. Cl- fair. fair. What, every time he drops off a new fair, he just rips his shirt and puts a new one. I, I don't know. There's just Why is Hulk Hogan in a crazy taxi game? Because I think you're explaining it why right now. I mean, everything you said just makes me want to play it more. Like I read the story and I was like... Eh, that's funny, but the more we talk about this, the more I'm like, I hope everything we just said is true because I will buy it. <laughs> God, it's just. And then Hulk Hogan will jump ship and he'll go to some crazy taxi. Com- he'll go play in like the asphalt games or something, and yeah. then everyone will hate him. And then he'll come back to Crazy Taxi and everyone will be like, "You're a traitor." Wait, are we gonna have the racing game wars? <laughs> yes. That's exactly what we're going to have. I'm really glad that Goat understood that joke, and I don't, I'm not surprised at all that Charlie didn't. That's going to be amazing, because it means Kevin Nash will be in Grid 3. <laughs> Bring mankind oh, to Forza Horizon man. 3. I actually oh. did understand the joke. I just didn't find it humorous, because, well, you know. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> I mean, nothing against you. This is just me not being entertained by the subject matter at hand. Well, let me tell you something, <laughs> Mean Gene. Uh, that's Mean Charlie. That's a beer by Revolution. Is it? <laughs> yes. I'm not surprised at all that you remember that. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Hulkamania is running wild on the App Store. <laughs> and, and it's six oh months. my god, if that's not the tagline, Hulkamania is running right. wild on the App Store. If that's not the tagline, Sega, you've got <laughs> the gamer at Greenlight. Fucking. You can god. also call it the, what is it, the, uh, what is he, the true American? Yeah, the real American. Yeah, you could, the, the real American crazy taxi is running oh, wild on the God. App Store. There you go. There's a the whole line right there, guys. Taxi mania is running wild, guys. 
Oh my god. Just, and, and in six months, when they come out with the ponies version, then Charlie will be just as excited as we are. That's true. Will there be a Hulk Hogan pony? Uh, that's a hoagie. <laughs> a giant sandwich walking around and asking what you want to do, brother, but do it nicely. <laughs> with a tail. <laughs> Just imagine a giant sandwich with a mustache and sunglasses walking around. <laughs> wow. We got a lot more out of this story than I expected. <laughs> As we usually do with stuff like this. Oh, man. Okay. Well, so that's a thing. So, Hulkamania, et cetera, fucking whatever. Coming <laughs> at number three, um, a, a lot of people have been wondering, since Smash is out, a lot of people have been wondering why um, the characters like Zelda and Sheik and Samus and Zero Suit Samus are now completely split as opposed to... Um, being transformation characters. And apparently, uh, in his weekly Famitsu column, uh, Sakurai, the guy who designed the game, um, said that it's actually a hardware limitation on the 3DS. Um, apparently, the 3DS is incapable of being able to handle transformation characters, so to speak. Oh. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting thing. I, I have a feeling it has something to do with just, like, not being able to... Well, keep in mind, because when you're doing a transformation character, the I'm assuming... Again, not a technical person, but this is how I assume it works. I'm assuming that the game is essentially keeping both, like, move sets in mind at the so same time. So it's not just so a reskin character. Like, it no, is no, a complete, no, 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 no. Then that makes perfect sense, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's what I... Uh, especially That especially explains why uh, Pokemon Trainer is not Pokemon Trainer anymore. Now Charizard's just by himself. Mm. Because that's three movesets that the yeah. uh, that the game would have to remember yeah. on screen at the same time. So Well, then we traded in a Pokemon Trainer for Wii Fed Trainer, which is makes sense. Which, I realized that. Like, Goat, you had like a, a crossover tweet that I was like, man, <laughs> now I really want Wii Fed Trainer versus Pokemon Trainer. Just because yes. they're both trainers. I was pretty proud of that tweet. That was a good tweet. <laughs> You know, it's probably not so much the um, the move sets as it is all the assets, all the sound effects and the graphics and all the because those are things well, that, yeah. that take up space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, you're on the right track. That makes perfect sense. See, now you got my head moving. I just want like a skin for Pokemon Trainer to be on Wii Fit Trainer so we can see Ash doing yoga moves. <laughs> I don't know why you want that, but okay. Why not? <laughs> I'm sure that's a thing somewhere. Yeah, just yeah. Google sure. Ash Ketchum yoga. Actually, don't do that. No, <laughs> don't. No, no, don't do that. that. That's 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 a that's, bad idea. Make sure your safe search is on eleven. Ash, ketchup, yoga. Oh God! <laughs> you warned me. Nice yoga pants on the floor. Anyway, coming in number two. Wow, already number two. Yeah, these are these are. There, there was a lot of stuff that happened this week, folks. There, there was like two. There was like one big story and like a bunch of tiny little stories, and we basically just picked them just because they made us laugh. Um, well, except this one. This one didn't really make us laugh. Um, apparently, Disney killed a handful of Star Wars games without telling the people who made the games. Charlie, what's uh, what, what, what's what's going on here? So yeah, for uh, for reasons unknown, Disney decided to kill two uh, iOS games. Um, Star Wars Assault Team, which was a uh, card game, which I guess was okay. Yeah, 
but it was a card I, I, game. I never gave it a shot, but I know some people liked it. Yeah, and then um, and then the other one was Tiny Death Star, which um, which is actually pretty popular. If you couldn't tell from the title, was a basically a reskin of Tiny Tower. Yeah. Um, just another one of those like sim games where basically you have um, you know, it's a management game. It's, right. Um, yeah, where you're taking care of a tower. Well, in this game, you're as the title would suggest, taking care of a Death Star. And um, from what I understand, uh, and uh, from uh, Kotaku was talking to the folks over at NimbleBits, the developer of it. Um, the game was actually profitable. It was making them some money. And um, for reasons unknown, Disney, just without informing either developer, basically said, yeah, we're just not going to support these anymore and pulled the plug on them. So it's, uh, it's just one of those weird situations wow. where the parent company is uh, making decisions for the little guys and A, not telling them why, really, and B, they don't really make much sense because, I mean, I, I can't speak to the profits of the card game at all, but... Tiny Towers seem to be doing okay. Yeah, Tiny Death Star, I know, was really popular. I had it on my Surface, and it was actually pretty neat. Um, I know a lot of people who played it, and it was it was a free-to-play game, so, you know, kids everywhere were charging their parents' credit cards. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, I, I know for a fact that's, that Disney has plenty of other uh, microtransaction-filled games oh, out yeah. there. So, I mean, I'm sure that had nothing to do with it. But, um, but yeah, um, the good news on the matter is that um, uh, Crane and NimbleBit, they, um, at least in the short term, the company is going to be okay. They, um, you know, it's, it's not like they were, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, so to speak, off the profits of this game. So, um, you know, they were... They, they they should be all right for a little while. So hopefully they're they're able to uh, do something to get themselves uh, you know through this um this uh, this kind of sucky period Disney's put them through. Um, I'm just really curious. I'm pretty much mostly curious as to what the reason was. As far as what I've been able to find, Disney hasn't given any sort of reason yet. It was just yeah, guys. Yeah. As of the time of this recording, you know Disney hasn't said anything about it. But if there's if there's any sort of update or anything like that, we'll be sure to. Um, let you guys know, especially for those of you who are actually avid players of the game. Now, now the uh, with, when things like this happen, anyone who already has the game downloaded, they can still continue to play it. Correct? Um, Usually, yes. okay. Yes. Um, now the store probably will stop functioning, so it, they probably won't be able to buy anything new. So, so now you got to play it the long way. Yes, and <laughs> you know, there the the unfortunate truth about um, games that are as dependent on microtransactions as this is that. Sometimes the long way is a long time. Right. Not to, not to bring everything back around to ponies every time, but uh, when I was when I was playing the, uh, I think he's got an agenda. <laughs> when I was playing the Game Loft game, um, I may have mentioned this back in the day, but um, there's uh, you know to progress through the game you have to unlock characters, and to get those characters you have to buy them within game currency. Mm -hmm. um, if you did not spend any real world money, at least this is when the game originally came out. Eventually they did patch it and make the prices slightly more reasonable when the first game came out the only way you have been able to progress and completely finish the main storyline and get all these characters would yeah. have been to play the game for it was something on the order of like two or three years you mentioned something like this i remember yeah and so it's uh, you know they they definitely structure these games um i mean from a business stance smartly so that people say oh no i don't want to do all that when i can just spend a dollar or whatever. Yeah. And like, you know, save myself a week of playtime. I mean, like that is that is the entire mentality behind like the way these games are structured. Right. So, um, you know, when you have a game like this where, you know, I, I can't say how much Tiny Death Star or you know or it's or Tiny Tower, which Tiny Tower is fine. It's just that you know, just Tiny Death Star. I, I I don't know how much game how much this game relied on Microsoft Jacksons to save time on that kind of scale. Yeah. But it, with the store I'm presuming going down, um yeah, it's going to make anybody who was still playing the game, well, it's going to make things more difficult for them for sure. Right.
Oh, well, our best to the developers, and, uh, and hopefully we'll get a comment out of Disney to see what know what they're actually doing here. But, you know, whatever. Coming to number one, the what-the-fuck news of the week. Um, <laughs> so there haven't been that many good video game movies. In fact, I can't even think of one at the moment. Prince of Persia was okay. Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't fantastic, but it was okay. Tomb Raider was tolerable. That was because it had what's-her-face in it. Yeah, Laura Croft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Um, I think I'm the only person in the world that liked Wing Commander. Yeah. Well, on the first Resident Evil, it wasn't bad either. Mm-hmm. With Freddie Prince Jr., if I remember correctly. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, my point is um, the... <laughs> God, I'm not even going to be able to say this with a straight face. The most anticipated video game movie of all time will finally be made. I speak, of course, of the epic sci-fi story behind Tetris. Yes, he's not not kidding. What? (laughs) It was announced earlier this week that Threshold Entertainment... Um, we'll be working on a, we'll we'll be working with the people who own Tetris, which I think right now is EA or something. I think so. Um, to make a sci-fi movie based on the popular puzzle game that's been around for 30 some odd years. I mean, like, I mean, really when it comes down to it, I mean, Battlefield was such a huge, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Battleship. (laughs) <laughs> was such a big success that um, I'm sure Tetris will do just fine. Yeah, I mean, all yeah, that was the name and maybe a reference to the game in a two-hour movie, and it works just fine. Battleship has shown us. Yeah, but see, at least Battleship was something like where you know you had. Hang things. on, I just want to be clear. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, <okay>. As <laughs> am I. <laughs> oh, Battleship! I could have maybe seen it because that could have been a thing that could have been like from a movie. There's like 15 seconds where they're playing what? They make three references to the actual board game, and then there's fucking aliens. Like I probably oh, yeah. would have played Battleship more as a kid if there was aliens, but I don't remember that part. <laughs> uh, there was Star Wars Battleship. Oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> With those ships. It played like Battleship, but it wasn't. It was Star Wars. It was so much better. <laughs> it was literally the exact same game. It was not. It's like Star Wars on it. <laughs> I paid 13 extra dollars for those ships. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. Some epic sci-fi movie based off Tetris is being made. Um, by the way, if you don't recognize the name Threshold Entertainment, um, they're the ones most notable. And this is what they're most notable for. Um, the Mortal Kombat movies from the early to mid-90s. Those were bad. Yes, they were. The, the, the first one was okay. They're in the upper We don't tier. speak about the other ones. Armageddon. As soon as they went animality, that was just like, nope. Yeah, Armageddon nope. was a little... Uh, Annihilation. Or Annihilation. Armageddon was the game. Yeah, whatever. There's <laughs> so many memorable combats with A's. I mean, um, it, it was campy, to I, be sure. I would put those in my top tier of, yeah, it's still a video game, but for what I'm working with here, it was in the top tier of, like, it wasn't no Mario Brothers or Doom. Yeah, it so wasn't. It's not going to be winning any Oscars. Yeah, it wasn't Schindler's <laughs> List by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. Yeah, no. Um, the only other things Threshold has done is a bunch of CG movies, like the Bionicle movies. I think no. they were. I think they did one of the straight to DVD Lego movies. You know, things like that. This makes perfect sense. Then it's perfect sense because now the the, the pieces are going to be perfectly CG. They're going to fall into place just fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And then there's going to be some sort of weird plot behind it that is really horrible and barely hangs onto a video game. <laughs> so, 
Now, did they say, is this going to be in theaters or is this going to be straight to disc? Or straight to digital or whatever? Um, well, the fact that it's a whole big like press release type thing suggests that it's going to be in theaters. Because straight to DVD things typically aren't given a full press run. Um, mm-hmm. So that means, we're going, well, that means we're going to have an outing and we're all going to go see it in 2D, I'm sorry, and IMAX. <laughs> I swear, <laughs> if if they don't do some sort of like atmospheric like trance version of the main Tetris theme, then I'm I'm I can't see it. I just want to see a cameo by Tetris Splash. <laughs> oh my god. Um, wow. Just we'll have, you see. Not, have you noticed that almost all the news this week is like jokes? Yeah, yeah. It's like man, the the industry is just writing them for us. We don't even need to do anything anymore. We have those weeks where it's just like. Well, all right, and if you want to step on you out. The video game world's not even going to take itself seriously this yeah, week, you apparently. Can. You really can. Spoiler alert, the hero of the Tetris movie is going to be Dr. Mario. <laughs> is he going to cure Ebola? No. No. Now, apparently they've been trying to work on the Tetris movie for quite a while, but while they were writing the script, lines kept misappear- disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> You're welcome. Came up with that all on my own. That was really good. <laughs> that's, just, that's, that's like the plot pieces bit I was doing. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Wait, hang on. What if that's the movie? Like, for real? Like, the world is disappearing because parts are falling? Yes. <laughs> so That'd be interesting. Hang, 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 hang on. So, so what, am I, what I'm understanding, and I'm going to make this incredibly descriptive just because I'm in this mood now. Good. You're basically looking for Chicken Little. <laughs> Where the sky is falling, uh-huh. and when the sky like lines up, then just the world starts disappearing slowly. Like they're alien machines, and they're harvesting our planet. <laughs> so we have Chicken Little, Dune. <laughs> Let's throw some alien in there. Um, no, but that would just, that, that would explain geometry wars. Uh, <laughs> what else we got to throw at this, huh? No, but, no, but that would explain how the Earth is disappearing. They're 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 harvesting machines. They're harvesting our planet for our minerals and our resources. Spice. And so these <laughs> spice, yes, we do have spices. Um, they kind of so look these... borgy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no rip off whatsoever. And 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 as they're coming down from the sky, and Sting is floating around in a giant fat suit, um, <laughs> I have gotten two characters confused, but that's beside the point. Um, I was thinking more of like uh, CGI space invaders coming down in lines, slowly <laughs> but surely. That reminds me of that, that Futurama. <laughs> that reminds me of that. Um, you, know, you know what I am looking forward to is that uh, that um, that one uh, short film that somebody made with like all those retro characters like destroying a city, and then like Adam Sandler bought the rights to it. You guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Was that where it was like a real life city, but it was like CGI, like retro game characters? Yes, and stuff like yes, that. yes, yes. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Yes. Adam was... Sandler bought the rights to that. Yes. Why? Because um, it's a new Happy Madison film. Retro Rampage? <laughs> because he really needs to have a good movie in the last 20 years. That's um, very true. <laughs> and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But anyways, yeah, this, this Tetris thing, I don't know. I, I think I, I think it's going to have to be aliens and machines coming down. I don't know. What? Yes, that was mean. Just go with it. It was great. <laughs> Mostly because Jennifer Aniston was half naked. But it was a great piece of movie. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, Being all uh, mean. Yeah. Poor Adam Sandler. That guy's trying to make a buck. <laughs> I think he's 
one. Well just off. one. He just needs one. Yes. <laughs> Yes, just one dollar, and he can make that Ferrari payment on time. <laughs> um, I'm just angry that you know Tetris is getting greenlit, and no, no one can figure out like li- how to make a legitimate Tetris movie. Meanwhile, there are those of us that have been waiting for like Bioshock movies and Metroid movies that have been in development hell for literally decades. Seriously, like, come on, we're getting Angry Birds. Would you just <laughs> compromise? Oh, right, sorry. <clears throat> That's going to be a dramatic... How can I, for, how can I forget yeah, that I mean, Angry gonna, Birds is coming out? It's going to get the Oscar for dramatic sci-fi crossover. I mean... <laughs> oh, my God. Just... I'm relatively excited about the cast of Angry Birds. I don't know. It's, um, the, yeah, they, re- they revealed that, and it had people in it. <laughs> yes, it did have human beings as cast members, as, as doing the voice Didn't acting. Didn't they cast Peter Dinklage in that? Uh, yes, yes. Why? Um, he was horrible in Destiny. Yes, but he's good at everything else he's ever done. I think Destiny was horrible, and Peter Dinklage just happened to be there. I'll yeah, take that. that. I'll take <laughs> that. I'll take that. I'll take poor direction over poor Peter Dinklage. Is Hank Azaria in Angry Birds? Oh, I don't remember the cast off the top of my head, but um, I remember being. I remember being. I remember it was like relatively a, excited for. Yeah, it. it was like a very, very high-profile like voice acting cast. I was like, well, I'll probably buy it based on that. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well. Oh well, so yeah, Tetris movie. All right, so we continue on with the the legend of bad games made of movies and bad movies made you, of games. You know what? I will give it a legitimate shot when it comes out. We all do, but I don't have my hopes up. <laughs> we never have Doom. I had my hopes up for Doom. So did I, and that's when we stopped having our hopes up. Yeah. So. Cool. Well. That's the top five this week. Up next, we're talking grunting. Okay, so um, for those of you who heard before the segment, we're not actually talking about grunting uh, for this. (laughs) Thank you, Finn Ganondorf. Um, I was going for Tim Allen. (laughs) Thank you, Ganondorf Tim Allen. (laughs) Ganondorf Allen. Or Tim Dorf. Tim Ganondorf. <laughs> okay, you can stop. <laughs> followed get, by Texas. Go, go get some Scooby Snacks. Oh, no, that noise <laughs> followed by Texas says, I will take over Hyrule. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, what we are talking about today is Hyrule Warriors, the long anticipated question mark crossover between, <laughs> between Dynasty Warriors and Zelda. No, it was more of the surprise crossover, I would say, where it was like, hey, we're doing this. You're like, oh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, for, the, for those who aren't familiar, Hyrule Warriors is literally a mashup of games between the world of Legend of Zelda and the gameplay of Dynasty Warriors. And for those of you who have never played a Dynasty Warriors game, uh, Dynasty Warriors is famous for taking people that are loosely from actual Chinese military battles and very long times ago and placing them into battles that may or may not have actually happened um, while slaughtering literally thousands of people in a single swipe. Um, Dynasty Warriors is the quintessential game when you think of the term hack and slash, because you'll take, you'll be one general and you'll literally take on entire armies with just like a spear and you'll rack up your kill count and it's repetitive and ridiculous and violent, but somehow really fun. Um, for some reason, someone thought, Hey, let's make this, but Zelda, um, and thus Hyrule Warriors was born. So now, on that note, do we know was it the 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 um, 
the Dynasty Warriors people and they went to Nintendo? Or did Nintendo approach the Dynasty Warriors people? I wouldn't doubt that. Uh, well, well, keep in mind. The thing that the thing that I'm that suggests to me that it was the Dynasty Warriors people is the fact that they're also making a uh, a Dragon Quest version of like the of like the Dynasty Warriors okay. world. So that makes me think that the people at Koei Tecmo went to Nintendo and it's like, hey, what if we made this? Is that okay? Like, will you will that be a thing? And Nintendo ever looking for like more quote unquote third party content, even though this isn't really third party. Um, said, yeah, no problem. Just just make it and put it out, and it'll be great, and we'll use it to sell the Wii U. Said no one ever. Um, <laughs> That's shisty as hell. Yeah, we'll take your, your engine and your game, and we'll s just literally zip it up in our little Link costume and take all the credit for it. Well, you're not too far off. Um, so uh, r before the show, I managed to get uh, these two to play the game along with me so I wouldn't be the only one talking about the game. Um, so th it might seem a little, um, you know, we, it might seem a little bit different than our normal reviews where these guys are asking questions about the game and stuff like that because now they've actually had hands-on with it. But, you know, who knows? We'll see. Um, I, still have, of, I still have plenty of questions. So. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Answers. Um, <laughs> So, if you're looking for a story for Hyrule Warriors, there's more than you'd expect. Um, those of you who have played a Dynasty Warriors game knows that literally it's just, you're this guy, that guy doesn't like you, you need to kill everything in your path between point A and point B. And that's it. That's a Dynasty Warriors game. Hyrule Warriors mixes it up a little bit by adding an almost believable story by making some sort of time and space mind fuckery where all these eras from Skyward Sword and Ocarina of Time and... And 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 Twilight, not Twilight Prince. Yeah, Twilight Prin Twilight Princess. Um, all somehow come into the same general vicinity of each other. They move into a flat. And it's called the real world. Yeah. Um, the story isn't half bad. Like it's more than I expected, but it's still not enough to really convince anybody. But Hyrule Warriors is do, Hyrule Warriors is its own game. It doesn't. At least, as far as Nintendo is concerned, Hyrule Warriors doesn't place in the timeline in the Zelda timeline anywhere. It's like when you order French fries from Burger King, mm -hmm. and oh, I'm really interested to hear where this is going. <laughs> and there's an onion ring in the bag. <laughs> there's always an onion ring in the bag, or exactly. there's always one fry in the onion ring bag. Exactly. So this is a normal Dynasty Warriors game. Your story is that single onion ring. <laughs> this time around, you got. Three onion rings. You, def <laughs> you, you definitely did not get an order of onion rings. That's perfect. The story in Hyrule Warriors is three onion, onion rings. rings. <laughs> yeah, I definitely noticed that there was like, they they definitely like, like, per se like leaned on the lore of Zelda yeah. to expand mm -hmm. what they normally do. And they're like, eh, it's a happy medium. We usually do five minute story. This is a fifteen minute story, and it's Zelda. All right, here we go. Yeah, there's um. There's not a lot tying everything together, but it is pretty cool to see all the different characters from different... It's really cool to see suddenly, like, you know, Midna from Twilight Princess battling alongside, like, you know, Darunia from Ocarina of Time. It's really weird, and it's really, like, the fan service for this game is just absolutely through the roof. Like, there's a finishing attack where Midna literally reaches out of the sky, grabs the moon from Majora's Mask, and slams it onto your opponent's. Nice. That seems a little excessive. It is, but that's Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> so, 
you know, the fan service is through the roof. I mean, even the loading screens have little 8-bit link on the bottom yeah. of the screen fighting an Octorok. So it, it, it's it's supposed to be stuff like that. It's supposed to be cutesy. It's supposed to be like, hey, Zelda stuff, but not a Zelda game. Um, they, even, they even manage the very first prompt you'll get when you boot up the game for the very first time is whether you want to play the controls in Zelda mode or Warriors mode. Now, there's not a huge difference between the two, just where certain things are on the face buttons and stuff like that. And one attack, one button will do your light attacks, another one will do heavy attacks, another one will do special attacks if you reach your gauge all the way up. Another one is just like a dash move. Um, your triggers and bumpers and stuff like that do things like lock onto enemies or... Um, be able to activate special effects or, you know, what have you. The, the, the controls are pretty bare simple, and they're pretty easy to pick up no matter which style you're playing as. Um, I personally prefer Zelda mode, but that's because I've played a heck of a lot more Zelda games than I have Warriors games. The thing that bugs me about that particular moment was that so somebody who hasn't played a ton of either, mm-hmm. you have no idea what it's asking you. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, like at some point, like is in the, in the manual or anything like that. Is there any sort of like it, it is? Yeah. Okay, so so if I, so if I'm sitting down to play the game for the first time, I've played some Dynasty Warriors, but not a ton. I've played some Zelda, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. I've sat down, and the, the the very first question this game asks me is, which do you want to play in Zelda mode or Warriors mode? I'm gonna yeah. just stare at the screen, be like, I don't know. And when you get past that point, inevitably because you want to play the game, and you're just like, fuck it, whatever, Zelda mode. Um, Eventually, if you go to the options, it'll actually have like button layouts for each, and you can switch back and forth. And it's like, okay, what do I prefer? Um, I, I, I know, I know, it doesn't help for that exact yeah. moment, <laughs> but but I'm I'm using this moment to argue my case that this game is definitely meant for people who are fans of the Dynasty Warriors games. Mm-hmm. It's you know, for if you're if you're a fan of Zelda games, like the like the way every other Zelda game in the universe works is completely different from the way this game works. Mm-hmm. It's like yes, there's Zelda fan service in here, but that's it. Like it's just it's just a coat of paint on a Dynasty Warriors game. Like if you know if it, it definitely occurs to me that you know like with with the question that it asks you and the ways that it treats the player, it's expecting the player to be very familiar with Dynasty Warriors and how it works and everything. At least that was my takeaway. You're not wrong. Um, and that see that's been one of the big things about Hyrule Warriors ever since it was first announced was that people were wondering if it was going to be more Zelda with a with a Dynasty Warriors you know twist or if it was going to be Dynasty Warriors with a Zelda skin on it. And it's very much the latter. Yeah. It's very much a Dynasty Warriors game, but you happen to be playing as Link and taking out Pokoblins and stuff like that. Um, but you could you could change the names and the skins, and it would make just as much sense, and just not be about Zelda anymore. Yeah, you know, and GTA. And, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, I, that game already exists. Yeah. <laughs> I'd play the shit out of GTA Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, if they want to do Metroid Warriors, I'd buy it. I'd buy six. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is, though. Is it, it's. It's getting the Destiny, or Destiny, I uh, know. Uh, <laughs> this game was far less expensive. Uh, <laughs> getting the Dynasty Warriors to, or players to, to see what Zelda is and maybe go get into Zelda. You know, it's like a bridge game. See, on the flip side, I think it might also be giving Zelda fans, like, yeah. I'm much more of a Zelda fan than I am a, yeah. a, des- a, a Destiny. Wow, you got to hear it now. A Dynasty Warriors whoa, whoa, fan? Five million. Five million games. <laughs> Um, I'm much more a Zelda fan than I am a Dynasty Warriors fan. As am I. But 
It's a it's a bridge I, game. I, I think Hyrule Warriors is meant to give people like I, I admit I've had the thought more than a few times when I was playing Hyrule Warriors. It's just like I've been dying for a Zelda game with battles like this. That was a lot more like high energy, like mm-hmm. a lot of action, just just absolute insanity. Like the level you guys saw that I played through before we unlocked the rest of the modes and stuff like that, where you go see the great fairy. And the, the little fairies take a bunch of bombs and combine them into a massive bomb and just drops it on the battlefield. That's like stuff out of fan fiction, and I love it. And it's so great and so stupid, but so great. Um, so and you want, the, you want more Braveheart in your Zelda? I just want more. <laughs> I just want more ridiculous yeah. things. Like Zelda has always taken itself so seriously, and I'm totally okay with that. But I still want those moments of just absolute, just insanity. And I feel like Hyrule Warriors is the first time that the Zelda universe has ever really gotten a taste I, I, of that. I, I did get a taste of that whole like it, it's over the top. We know it's over the top. It's supposed to be over the top, and I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, the fucking bomb chews are the size of cars. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm just. You, when you're talking about a game that takes itself so seriously, you are talking about the game where you can be assaulted by chickens, right? <laughs> <laughs> I consider that more of an Easter egg than anything. Okay. Oh, all right. That's that's yeah. That that's more of a you're gonna be a dick, and this is what happens to you. Okay. All right. Fine. So I have a question. Um, I have an answer. At least in it's 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 I, I know that there have been varying theories and 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 constructions on this point, but um, there at least seems to be somewhat of a consensus as far as like all the Zelda games that there is a timeline there. Um, well, there is. It was released in the official Hyrule Historia that's on my shelf. And oh yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, it's hardcover. Um, you can get it for uh, twenty bucks. Right, on right. So okay. So so that being said, does this fall in? Is this canon? I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, Nintendo has not said that it places anywhere on the official timeline. And when you look at everything, there's really no easy place to. Put it just because, because of the, the crossover of all the errors. Well, just right? because of the, just because of the crossover stuff, and just because like usually you can tell like what might happen before or after another game just because of like the state the world is in. But the fact that the fact of Hyrule Warriors is that you're going to, between so many different worlds. Not to mention like there's a couple of completely original scenarios, levels, and even characters in Hyrule Warriors that are exclusive to Hyrule Warriors mm-hmm. that have never been in another Zelda game before. So. It's really tricky to find a place on the timeline to put Hyrule Warriors unless it's just like its own thing. Gotcha. I got it solved. It just means we're going to have another crossover. It's going to be Zelda Stargate, and that'll explain <laughs> Hyrule Warriors. I'd be okay with that. I would too. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think Hyrule Warriors is really supposed to be just a game built out of like fan service. And, like, you know, it's like all those people that wrote these ridiculous fan fictions about these epic Zelda battles, like on the fields of Hyrule and stuff like that, that's finally coming true. See, I'm taking it as like it's Mario Kart or Mario Tennis. Like, it's just okay. It's just a side thing with, you know, hey, yeah, it's bored. He wanted to kill a million it's, people. It's supposed to be more of like a, you know, like a fun experiment than anything to be taken yeah. seriously, and especially in the terms of the Legend of Zelda universe. Um, one thing I want to give major props to with Hyrule Warriors is that. Every level I have played so far feels so incredibly varied from the rest of the levels. And I say that because uh, all the Warriors games, be it Dynasty Warriors or Samurai Warriors or Warriors Orochi or whatever, um, all of them, they have this habit of most, if not all of the stages, will look almost identical to one another. And you really can't help that. It's like if they're trying to go for quote-unquote accuracy, then, I mean, there's really not a whole lot you can do aside from maybe put this different building here, make this a snow level, you know, stuff like that. But Hyrule Warriors 
has so much to draw from as far as worlds in the Zelda universe and stuff like that that you can go from you know the very first level is in the iconic green pastures of Hyrule Fields the very next one is in Elden Caves where there's lava and crystals and fucking skeletons and just everything and then the one immediately after that is in the Farron Woods with the great Deku tree and everything like that so it's just everything's so there's so much variety to it that you don't normally find in the Warriors games and it's a lot I feel like that's one big benefit that Zelda has actually brought to the game specifically, is just all the different terrain. locales and, and yeah, just terrain. You know, even the characters. Like, yeah. there's not, there's not, no two characters like feel similar whatsoever. Like, the characters range from like Link and Ib, Impa and Sheik and Zelda and Midna and Darunia and whatever her name is, the Zora princess that I can't remember the name of right now, and Ganondorf and the enemies that are completely, you know, original and the weird. Um, the weird but adorable original character, uh, Lana, who uses just a book and, like, magic spells. And just, like, all of it is so well done and so, like, there's a lot of polish to the game. And you can tell that there's a lot of just... So it definitely was not a cash-in title. It's saying. definitely not a cash-in. No, it's definitely not something they just threw together. I mean, even, like, I was surprisingly impressed with the cutscenes. I mean, I know you guys were giving it shit for not having voiceovers or anything like that. Oh. But I think that might Earth. actually... Earth. <laughs> 5.1 surround sound text. I think that might actually be kind of part of the charm of it because The Legend of Zelda has never had voiceovers, even when voiceovers were possible. And I I actually kind of got a smile on my face in that first cutscene when Zelda wakes up from a nightmare in her bedroom and the text box appeared at the bottom. I actually had a smile on my face and like, okay, I feel like that's a nod to the series, if anything, instead of throwing just random voices in it. Not to mention that in the Warriors games, there haven't been English voiceovers before. Oh. So that could also be another <laughs> big thing. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Um, because, I mean, keep in mind, the games have never been really, very popular here, so they never right. really bother doing localization or anything like that. Right. Um, but, like, the cutscenes are well put together. All the CG, all the animations, everything. I'm very impressed with the game so far. Um, the only thing I'm kind of iffy about is multiplayer now before we uh did the podcast today i brought the game over to the studio so these guys could try it out and i played through the first level to unlock the rest of the modes and stuff like that and then i handed the controllers over to them and they played co-op um the weird thing was the, the weird thing which wasn't really that weird but it was something to get used to was that charlie was playing on the gamepad and goat was playing on the actual screen um and it seemed and it seemed to take Charlie a second to realize that there wasn't split screen on the screen, which was kind of funny. Um, uh, well, it, I mean, it took me a second just to be like, okay, how am I going to deal with this? Because it's like I could see my character running around on the screen, yeah, but the camera wasn't like it wasn't doing me any favors. The camera on the screen was focused just on Goat's character, right? So I was like, oh, this is going to suck for me. And then you were like, oh, Charlie, look down. I was like, oh, this is much better. <laughs> um, the gamepad knows me. Yeah. <laughs> but see, one of the things I'm really disappointed about is that it's only local co-op. It, there's no online option. There's no online. It is you know, Nintendo. It is Nintendo, but they're getting better about it. I mean, look at Mario Kart 8. You know, Mario yeah. Kart 8 has some of the most solid online play, not just of the Wii U, but of every console out right now. So Nintendo's proved that they can do it. When, when your online servers only have to worry about one game ever, <laughs> your experience is going to be pretty good. <laughs> well, uh, and we're also missing out the fact that it is a third-party game, and Nintendo's Mario Kart's the first party, so they're going to they're gonna do everything they can to make their game awesome, and then this one, they're going to kind of keep on the same level as everything else until they, until they master what they're doing with Mario Kart 8. 
Yeah. I can see the conversation now. Um, they, they come to talk to Nintendo. It's like, so let's talk about online multiplayer. How many of uh, how many of our servers can we have? And Nintendo's like, I'm sorry, you want what now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They're um, they're all in use. <laughs> with, uh, wait, wait. I thought this was a, a Hackett slash. Uh, you didn't say it was a cart racer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we only have cart racing servers. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that that's a thing. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, Nintendo's um, very primitive right now with their online. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So for them, like, they're, they're, it would they be amazing. Be- they are getting better, though. Yeah, it would be amazing if they were, like, I don't know, up to speed and, you know, out of the, the 60s Cadillac. But uh, they're not. So I wasn't really expecting anything more than what we got. Yeah. I guess you have a point. Um Thankfully, at least, Hyrule Warriors does have a fair amount of content to it. Um, aside from the Legend mode, which is basically just a story mode or a campaign, you also get Free mode, which obviously allows you to pl- replay any p- past levels, um, try to get better scores, try to get better unlockables and weapons and craft better items and things like that. Uh, you also get uh, Challenge mode, which sets you against different challenges like beating so many enemies in a certain time frame or beating so many enemies while your life is constantly draining or just little things like that. And then there's a really cool adventure mode, which puts you on an old school, like Legend of Zelda original map. And you have to go from bit to bit and doing these challenges and trying to find the uh, quote unquote dark ruler and win the adventure mode. And that's again, uh, depending on how you get graded, you get to go to different parts of the map and you get better unlocks and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm surprised with the amount of content that there is in Hyrule Warriors. I mean, I am and I'm not. I'm I'm not surprised because I've played uh, Dynasty. I almost said Destiny Warriors again. I'm sorry <laughs> that I got that in your head. I um, I've played Dynasty Warriors games before, and they do have a fair amount of content to them. Um, but Hyrule Warriors at the same time, like I didn't expect it to have a ton of meat to it, just because it was announced so quickly ago. It was announced like earlier this year. Mm. Um, the one thing I am a bit disappointed about is the fact they didn't really do a whole lot to ease the repetitiveness. So if you've ever played a Dynasty Warriors game and you're angry that you're essentially just mashing the same button over and over again to just kill multiples of enemies and stuff like that, that's not going to be fixed here. I mean, I can't really blame it because anyone going into it should know that this is more a Warriors game than it is Zelda, but Goat, you're you're giving us a face. I I don't know. That stuff, like, if if you're going to play a hack and slash, you know it's a hack and slash. Don't cry that's repetitive because it's hack and slash. Yeah, those are the two, those are two words you have to work with. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I, I will agree with what you said, Mike, about it having a, a lot of content to a point because a lot, what, what you have is a lot of different ways to play the same content over and over yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, it's a you lot know, of it's variance. Like, it's like you went into that, that one mode where it was like very, it was like original Legend of Zelda. Right. And I was like, oh, so there's like this whole game there. But no, it's mainly just a menu system to play the normal game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of so, smoke and mirrors and flash and bang to make you feel like you're doing more than you actually are. Yeah. 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 So if you've ever been, if you've ever played a Dynasty Warriors game and you were kind of put off by the repetitive of, repetitiveness of it, Hyrule Warriors isn't going to convince you, but I mean, those of you who know what you're getting into, it's great. Like, I love it. Like, I haven't been able, aside from Smash, I haven't been able to put it down since I got it last week. Um, but you know, that may just be the Zelda fanboy in me that's just like, all right, this is great. Seeing my seeing my favorite characters like I never had before. Well, and that, that's what got me going. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, and I'm not a big hack and slash fan at all. Like, I, ugh. I, I barely get through any of them. I'm like, oh, we're going to try it. Nah, yeah. But uh, this one, I could see me keeping it. And then the Zelda thing would keep me 
yeah. would keep me going. Like, it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. It's like seeing people who normally don't do this. So it's like a switch on the hack and slash, you know, like out of your element thing that was keeping me really, because I, I enjoyed it. It was great. Um, one last thing I want to mention is that the soundtrack is just so good. Soundtrack was very good. Yes. Like, like it, it combines your, you know, it's got your classic Zelda tunes, obviously, but it adds a little bit more energy to it in the form of, like, electronic and heavy metal music that the Dynasty Warriors franchise is known for. Which, you know, I'm a little biased because I make that kind of music. <laughs> but it, the first time, like, the, the Hyrule Field theme is playing, like, with the, you know, the orchestrated bit, and then, but, like, backed up with a metal rhythm guitar, it's just like, oh, man, I need this soundtrack somewhere. Did they sell that soundtrack? I'm in the process of trying to find it. <laughs> um, good luck. Yeah, genuinely good luck. I hope you find it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell me where you got it. Yeah, no. It, I I can't wait to. I really hope I can find it. It was so. really good production, and I I I, I like the spin they put on on the classic tunes. Really oh yeah, did. no, it was great. It was. We we went into. Um, I told you guys the, the the boss battle theme that was like all like really like you know like really driven music. It was oh so good. So. But yeah. So, to come back to our review here. Um, so, in your opinion, uh, we'll, we'll go back to you since you've had the most experience with it. Uh, mm. Who should play this game? Anyone who's enough of a Zelda fan but wants to experience Zelda in a new way like they haven't before. Anyone who knows what they're getting into going into it and not just blindly going into it expecting some kind of Zelda magic. So, so an open-minded Zelda fanboy. And uh, Yeah, exactly. An, an open-minded Zelda fanboy should go into the game because, Charlie, as you demonstrated, you're not a big Zelda fan. You know, anyone who's not... Well, anyone who's not, like, you know, really invested in the Zelda world won't find the same kind of appeal to it. Yeah, I... I... If if it were a ten dollar arcade title, I could see myself picking up. But I'm I'm not paying sixty dollars for it. It will not hold my attention for that long. Right. Yeah. So I may have just answered my own question. So who should not play this game? Anyone, you. <laughs> Charlie. Yeah. Uh, anyone who expects a full blown traditional Zelda game, it's not going to be that at all. It's really just Dynasty Warriors with a Zelda skin. Um, also, anyone expecting any sort of award winning writing. <laughs> <laughs> Also, voiceovers. No voiceovers. <laughs> they're, they're narration voiceovers, but no other voiceovers. There, there's cutscene narration, but yeah, nothing. Yeah. It's about it. Yeah, but if, you're no, not, if you're not a reader, probably skip this one. Yeah. <laughs> but no, de I definitely give the game a recommendation to hardcore Zelda fans, um, as long as you're, like we said, open-minded Zelda fans. Um, you don't go into it expecting a traditional, like a true Zelda sequel that will come next year. Well, and I... I the more I think about it, the more I like to compare it to the, uh, was it this area? The the fighting. Oh, Dissidia. Yeah, the Final for Final Fantasy. Fantasy. It's 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 mm. literally right in right in that pocket with with that game. That's actually a really good comparison too, because Dissidia was the game that, um, you know, again, open minded yeah. Final Fantasy fans should have looked into, but if it, no. no one else should, yeah, <laughs> it's it's in that pocket. So if you know if the because that was the fighting game where you were in Final Fantasy, but you were just a, like Mortal Kombat meets Final Fantasy. Yeah, no, that's perfect. So that, like, this is right in that pocket. So if you like that kind of idea and the craziness there, play it. Yeah, no, that's a perfect analogy. Very well done. Any uh, final thoughts? <sighs> I really just want new Zelda, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Hyrule Warriors is great. Don't get me wrong. And now I'm and now I'm occupied by Smash. But I just really want a new Zelda game. And I'm constantly reminded about how weird I am for actually really, really liking Twilight Princess. Because apparently not a lot of people liked Twilight Princess. I liked it on GameCube. 
Not not so much with the controls on the Wii. Mm. Yeah. But it was great on GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that's everything I've got to say. But let's see what you guys had questions about. Uh, so, of course, our mailbag question for the week is that we're re- reviewing Hyrule Warriors. What questions do you have about the game? And if Facebook ever decides to load on my phone. There we go. Uh, Danny says, does Zelda save the princess from Ganondorf? <laughs> is there a joke I'm missing there? Yes. Yes. Okay. Moving on. Well um, played, sir. What, what's what's the joke? Uh, the Link, because everybody calls Link Zelda, and it's Ganondorf, oh. not Ganondorf. Okay. okay, all right, got it. Uh, Bizarro Mike says, do they use the word Dodongo in the game? <laughs> Makes me laugh every time. Dodongo. Uh, yes, Dodongo is used in the game. And it's making us laugh now. And it's making us laugh, too. Um, he's actually a boss. Um, and the, what? So he's a big Dodongo? <laughs> uh, no, he's King Dodongo. Oh, wow. He's uh, been upgraded. And remember, he was, remember, he was chasing down Charlie like a, a Mormon with a pamphlet. Oh, is that Jehovah's Lizard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy was... Man, he was adamant about you talking about his lizard and savior. <laughs> Like Charlie's like, no, I'm well, cool. I got, I got to go handle these guys. He's like, but, but. He's like well, no, I'm good. I got the, I got the, I'm just stay over there, buddy. <laughs> That's another thing I want to mention about the bosses, too. A lot of bosses from the Zelda franchise make a return appearance in Hyrule Warriors, and all of them, if you knew how to beat them in the original games they came from, you'll still know how to beat them here. Like, you still, you still cause damage to King Dodongo by throwing bombs in his mouth. So. Okay. Really, it did, you saw it. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, so yes, they, they <laughs> use the word Dodongo quite a bit. Uh, Taylor says, where does the story fit in the Zelda history? Is it just a Dynasty Warriors with a Zelda skin type game? Uh, Taylor, like we said, we don't have any official word on where it fits into the timeline. I don't think uh, it does. We don't think it does. Um, probably doesn't. It really probably doesn't. Um, and like we said, it really is just a Dynasty Warriors game with a coat of paint that's Hyrulean flavored. <laughs> Except not flavored because you probably shouldn't eat paint. Yeah, they just switched out the green or red for the green. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, and of course, Songbird emails in this week says, "Dear Viking Jesus, Goat, and Technotronicorn, and mailbag questions: Is Hyrule Warriors anything like America Ninja Warrior?" Yes. Uh, sure. No. Yes. That, let, let's. No. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, There's yes, a guy yes. chasing you. You're going through an no, obstacle. No, you're course. already wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's on Spike. Yeah, everything's right. <laughs> The, the answer is no. Oh. The, the legitimate answer is no. Yeah. But I tried. Uh, what's the soundtrack like? Um, awesome. Like, so, so uh, good. Viable. Viable, yeah. Like, every, literally every single person like, in this room Legally wants it. viable. Not torrentable. Viable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is Tingle playable? Um, I've not found him. But there, one of the uh, one of the DLC packs is supposed to be Majora's Mask themed, which is going to come with downloadable characters, and a lot of people are c- assuming that Tingle is going to be a playable character there. Totally missed the bus on that joke. What did what did yeah, Majora's Mask? And one of the one of the uh, features is going to be a time limit. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't play it. Um, <laughs> There's already a time limit. I'm just saying. Would. <laughs> That's a mighty big hammer you got there, sir. Smashing jokes left and right over your Donkey Kong style. Um, would Technotronicorn say Ganondorf is girlier, masculine, or both in this game? Why do I have to choose? I don't know. Why do you got to put she's, me in a box? She's at Songbird. <laughs> you have a box behind you. Well, you guys... That's not relevant. 
You notice like these two like they lately have just had the claws out and like one scratches <laughs> one, the other one scratches back. <laughs> I haven't noticed that. Yeah. I've noticed that. Oh. I oh. Do we need to tell Michelle about anything? I really don't. <laughs> Are you into a cat fighting with one of our fans? I don't think so. <laughs> he sounds even more innocent than me right now. Yeah. <laughs> it was all a mistake, I swear. Anyway. Songbird says, okay, I need to get this off my chest. Why the duck? She said duck. No, I thought that was autocorrect. Help when it's out there. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> why the duck didn't Best Buy have a midnight launch for Smash Bros. 3DS? You can't tell me they didn't have enough pre-orders to justify having one. It doesn't. It even doesn't need to have the fancy giveaways and whatnot. Just allow people to pick it up so they don't have to wait or skip school, work, etc. Um, Songbird, I don't have an answer for you for that one. Um, uh, actually, I probably do. It's a Nintendo game, and I can't think of any Nintendo games that have had midnight releases at Best Buy. Like, the only one that came close was Skyward Sword, and that one didn't have a midnight release. So... I'm going to go the, the human, human route here. Uh, it's easier to get GameStop employees to do this and, like, video game stores to do this because they're used to midnight releases. Plus, GameStops are a lot smaller than Best yeah. Buy's. And two, uh, no one wants to get up at midnight on Saturday and go to Best Buy to work. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um... Summer says, VJ, I know you've seen the Amiibos in person, and some of them did have a clear pillar which held them up, correct? Yes, Songbird, that is correct. That's what we, uh, that's what we see in online retail displays, etc., but why is it in the video I have below that the pillars are now colored and bulkier? Um, Songbird, I've, I've seen the video I know you're talking about. I think those were prototypes. Um, because... Are, are you, are yeah, you, I, I uh, thought you said pillows the first time, and I was like, what? <laughs> and then you said pillars, and I'm like, oh, that's way better. No. Um, the, the Although pillows, a nice satiny were... pillow for my Amiibo would make me feel a lot better about $13. <laughs> that doesn't sound like something I wouldn't do. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Songbird, the, the final versions will be clear pillars. Um, the, so. the colored ones were for more like prototypes and stuff like that. Given Samus's stance, that... Colored pillar would look a little awkward. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and that's like the number one one I'm buying. So yeah, clear, please. <laughs> You're probably gonna get like six of them. Like have one as a hood ornament on your car. No, what, maybe uh, six samuses. Oh sure, why not? Yeah, I'm gonna. Well, no, I already ordered twelve of them. But yeah, <laughs> one's going on my base. One's going on my. I could Greg. legitimately see you like mounting one like to the headstock of your base or something. Uh-huh. Yep, one to one. Um, yep, there's yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on. Where am I putting these? Not near my Nintendo. <laughs> um, I'm sure you've talked about it beforehand, but I'm bringing it up anyways. Why would anyone ever give their brand to Lawrence Kasanov after creating the Frankenstein of a film food fight? What? I don't know. Okay. Um, let alone how they're going to incorporate Tetris into a movie. Oh, so it has something to do with that, probably. Um, heck, Peggle or even Candy Crush Saga sounds more reasonable to make a movie out of than a representation of order and chaos, of order and chaos from Blocks. Which, by the way, the Lego Movie did that masterfully, and it was awesome. Um, Songbird, I don't know if there's an actual question here instead of just you saying we... you don't want a Tetris movie. <laughs> which I mean, we already said that we yeah. didn't think a Tetris movie would really work out. Peggle so. would be pretty cool, though. Huh? Peggle would be pretty cool, especially if they did like a Tron See, Peggle, thing. I, can, Peggle <laughs> I can see them doing because Peggle has characters. Yeah, and it has a Tron thing with the pegs and the oles. 
And, and the olds. <laughs> yes. Oh, I always forget about the olds. Well, no, I, see, I figured it, instead of saying orange pegs and blue pegs, the blue pegs are pegs and the orange ones are olds. <laughs> I found a documentary called Food Fight, but nothing, that, that's it. I guess I have no idea. No, okay, Songbird, you're getting too obscure even for us. <laughs> Backstory. We've covered this. Backstory. A fascinating look at how American agricultural policy and food culture developed in the 20th century and how the California food movement rebelled against big... Agribusiness. <laughs> Sorry. And words. <laughs> that word caught me off guard. Agribusiness to launch the local organic food movement. I've seen that. I like, it was you, I like how when you, were try, when you were looking at the word agribusiness, you looked at your phone like you were offended for a second. <laughs> what is this thing you have in front of my eyes that I don't recognize? Yeah, I, I got that vibe too. The whole <laughs> DJ Technotronic corn over here. I, I definitely got that vibe of like big, what the fuck you call me? <laughs> Oh, Look here, man. Samsung. You and I. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Songbird, of course, for your email. Um, Goat, anything cool going on? Yes, I have things going on. Oh, my God. Tell us about the things. Uh, let me bring up said things, because I have a memory of a goldfish. Uh, <laughs> goldfishing live, goldfishing live, goldfishing live. Go Just keep going. Wouldn't you be eating goldfish? <laughs> when you're like... <laughs> Well, live goldfishing? They don't have that many bones. <laughs> oh, right, yes. What? <laughs> Anyways, while that was going on... I think you were uh, talking about the crackers. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At what point did this show flip and I'm the good guy? Because I want to go back. I can't handle this kind of weight on my shoulders. <laughs> Fish killer. Wow. We got the mass murderer How many walking dead. Have you had today? All like three. <laughs> no, no, no. Cases. Ish. Anyways, after the mass murdering of Walking Dead, and obviously <laughs> the man who horribly hates goldfish, the good guy has a show with his band, Twenty Nine Needles. November first at Bottle Brew down in uh, Crest. Where are we at? Crest, Crest Hill. Wood? Crest Hill. Crest Hill. I don't know. There's too many crusts on there. They went all crusty. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's oh us, Dead Horse Trauma, uh, Oblivion, Zero, Endgame, and Poison City Brigade. Ooh. Yeah, it sounds like a fun time. Uh, let's see, 10 in advance, 12 at the door, all ages, uh, with parent or guardian. So you all guys ages at Bada Brew? Yeah, so you guys oh, got to okay. bring your parent or guardian, or be a parent or guardian. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we got. So November 1st, if you want to hear, see some Dead Horse Trauma, which is really weird to say now that you've got a goldfish killer. <laughs> Oh. Sorry for making an incorrect assumption. <laughs> a morbid incorrect assumption. Seriously. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's sushi. Yeah, anyway, Charlie, what, what's, your, what's your beer of the week? Uh, so I actually had this one today. Um, so Hockershore is um, from a Polliner Group out of Munich, Germany. Um, it's putting out a trilogy of, um, of, a, of special seasonal edition beers. And uh, their first one out is Hubertus Bach. Um, uh, Michelle actually picked this one out of the store, and it's it's very good. It's it's a Maybach, and it actually has like um the, their description is it's a Maybach pours a rusty yellow with aromas of sweet semi malts, grainy, and underlying noble hops. Um, the the aftertaste of it is almost pear like in an interesting way. It's very light, very fruity, uh, very good. And if you can find a bottle, I strongly suggest picking it up. So yeah, that's um, Hubertus Bach from Hockershore. Can I just say that I'm really glad I gave you the Beer of the Week segment because uh, I'm always interested to hear how you describe these beers because I, I would never think to be able to come up with even so many words as to like how something tastes or feels or whatever. 
Cody, okay. No, no, I just get like we're gonna have the root beer of the week from Mike. He's be like, yeah, at IBC it tastes like root beer. <laughs> Buy it. <laughs> no, you understand though. Like you've posted like some some semi reviews of different root beers that yeah, you've had. Got a little fluty. You, you've gotten descriptive with them with yeah. how they taste. You've got so a you little, get it. A little fluty in the adjectives there when you're like, it's it's frothy but fun with the vanilla after fun. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, we've made something we didn't want to be with. Yeah, you guys got me started on this. <laughs> it's the fact that it's just the fact that I haven't drank anything but IBC for the past like month yeah, and, we need and to um, fix that and uh, I, I suppose I might as well mention this now a better time than any um, enjoy these reviews while you can because come January I am going on beer hiatus yeah. so for how think. long um, undetermined Fucking so maybe guy. a week I don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay so so what you're saying is that that lizard witness just got to you <laughs> Are you becoming a born-again lizard? <laughs> no. He was never a beginning-again lizard. <laughs> yeah, born-again Christian never be on that team either. So <laughs> I think the answer to the question of how long is is however long it takes me to get back down to my desired weight. So. Oh, well. Forever. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's really sad. <laughs> now I'm sad, too. Poor Charlie. Well... I've already started the running again. I'm just not going to bother dieting until after the holidays. So. <laughs> I'm running to the buffets for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but after that, it's on. I don't blame you. There's no point. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm up. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the whole burning calories yeah. thing now. But yeah, I mean, between the fact that I'm already going to f- like three or four beer festivals before the end of this year, <laughs> going on style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, it, no, no. Seriously, first week in November, it's going to be. Um, Beer and ghosts and cheese. Second week in November, it's going to be cider and ponies. Third week in November, it's going to be beer out of barrels. Fourth week in November, it's going to be well beer at Thanksgiving. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> well, November's a wash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only imagining you, like, staring at your beer fridge and, like, trying to figure out what your last beer until you can drink again will be. I already know what it's going to be. Really? Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me. Is it You'll have last? to tell us when that time comes. Yeah, I will. Uh, I, I, we'll, I, we'll save it. I hope it's the last of us. <laughs> Made by uh, this is this is where he secretly got this is where he secretly got Gamerhead Brew made. <laughs> He's laughing nervously, like I might be spot on. What? No. What? Um, of course, you can support my music on Patreon.com/slash/VikingJesus. Also, because I feel like I always have to plug this stuff. Um, our video Games Live is starting another Kickstarter for their fourth album yes fourth four. album um on october 20th um i'm as of right now i'm not directly involved but i imagine that will change as we get closer to the kickstarter and as i send the man himself an email that says hey i want to do something so but regardless you know still video games live good friends of everyone here um so you know and the last time was pretty pretty badass so i hope we can yeah it still, gets, it still gets pretty regular play in my car so yeah, it's on my favorites on Spotify. Very cool. Very cool. And with that, hang on. For some reason, I'm out of breath. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just tired, apparently. And you forget to breathe when you're tired? <laughs> I forget to do a lot of things when I'm tired. By the way, I owe Charlie a new chair. Um, <laughs> I don't remember putting chocolate in this. Let's just say I made some hot pockets. <laughs> The weird part is the pepperoni still in peace. <laughs> anyway, if you like what you hear, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com. <laughs> if you like what you hear, everyone <laughs> jokes. 
glad these chairs are free. <laughs> if you like what you hear, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Gamerhead Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Gamerhead Radio. I'm at Viking Games Live. He's at Sir Goatsworth. He's at T-E-K Charlie. We're on Google+. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on iTunes. We're on our own website, uh, GamerheadRadio.com. We're on Google Play with the official Gamerhead Radio app. It's free. Please download it. Um, you, If you want to get a hold of us for any reason whatsoever, you can get a hold of us via email at editors at GamerheadRadio.com. You can call us at 94926-GAMER on the official Gamerhead Radio hotline. Um, you can also obviously contact us through any of the previously mentioned social media functions. And Courier Pigeon. And apparently Carrier Pigeon now. We're getting that installed, right? It's just going to be like right there, just like a little yeah, like the cage. We're going to have the little, little perch where they stop and drop off their packages. Sure. I'm calling it Amazon Pigeon. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, by the way, folks, uh, speaking of mailbag, here, here, we're going to try something new. N- n- kind of new, not really new. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. It's like a gently used car. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, we said we had something special planned for Smash when it came out. Um, so Goat and I have been playing Smash. Next week, we're going to bring back our favorite video game commentator ever, <laughs> Mrs. Technotronicorn Michelle Worthley. <laughs> I don't have anything else for you to trumpet to after that. <laughs> um, she will be here in the studio with us um, commentating Smash Battles, one, maybe multiple, between Goat and I, um, which is guaranteed to be hilarious. Yeah, if you uh, remember our Pokemon episode, yeah. the, the, this should uh, fall right, right in line with that. <laughs> Can, uh, we will be looking into ways um, to stream it. Um, not sure if that's going to be viable or not, mm-hmm. just with equipment at hand. But um, if we can, we will. Cool. Um, but something I wanted to mention is I wanted to give you guys a little bit of power in terms of the matches that Goat and I will be in. Um, so, like, if you have any specific requests for matches as far as, like, characters that Goat and I will be using, special, like, limitations, special you know, rules, anything like that, um, those will be... Send those along through like email and social media and stuff like that, as well as if you have any questions about Smash Bros. itself, obviously. So, so basically, fans make our match. Yeah, fans, you decide our matches, whether they be like, uh, let let's let's keep it reasonable. We're not going to do an hour long marathon match because yeah. that would be the entire show, and we have shit to do. Let's keep it. If we have to keep a time limit, let's keep it at most like five minute matches. Yeah, all suggestions will be considered. Yeah, yeah. So. Stipulations we'll probably go with, but time we'll have to play with a little yeah. bit. Yeah, because of time. And I'm calling up Ryan Lesser. I better see your name on there, buddy. Because <laughs> yes, if you do not. I'm coming to your house and and smashing you with my car. I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot of okay. gas. Probably not. So all of that will be our quote unquote mailbag for next week, as far as Smash goes and stuff like that. This episode of Gamerhead Radio is brought to you by Gamerhead Radio, the movie. This summer, a Viking, a goat, and a magical flying pony have no idea what they're in for. This has been Gamerhead Radio. Challenged. Just 
it takes a minute. I thought your arms are just too short. No, I went to grab it and I was like, that's not it. That, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I was genuinely trying to help. Oh. It's okay. I walked to my own door today. You too, huh? You've done it. I've done it. You're like, I'm leaving and we're going to do this all smooth. And grab the handle. I missed the handle. <laughs> Step back. Grab the handle. All right. Not as sultry as I expected. <laughs> He knows, he knows my pain. He knows he knows the hell that is the all glass door with the handle in it. Uh huh. <laughs> that guy needs to be like seriously. I just need to like bash his head into that door like ten or twelve times. I'll feel better about myself because that is like the cruelest joke you could ever play on somebody <laughs> that doesn't have depth perception. Here, grab this floating handle. You've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> Assholes, you're, imagining, <laughs> you're imagining like you know, me and Goat like walking in. Oh yeah, like, it's, it's totally this. Something like that. It's like, no, <laughs> no there it is. Okay, Mike. Mike knows the five second pause. It's like, oh, hello, Nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> Where we just stare at glass yeah, doors. Like, like you stop. Like, you do we it. I've seen you. I built it. Like, like the two of us walk up and it's like, all right, we can do this. So nobody else knows that this is an. So, so it's like, what, two feet away, right? So you? Like, okay. <laughs> You're doing, like, quick math in your head, yeah. figuring out angles and distance and wind temperature. And <laughs> make, sure, make sure the hot chick next to you doesn't notice you're retarded. I have to say, it sounds like you're overcomplicating this. <laughs> no, it's because if you try you to try, do it like a normal... You're patching one eye for, like, two weeks and you'll know our pain. <laughs> no, because if you try to do it, like, all smooth, like a normal human... The outcome is far worse if you just don't. If you take it slow, it looks less awkward than you just like face planting into a door, bouncing off and going, "Hey, how's everybody doing?" Because then suddenly you like reach too far, and then suddenly it's like, "Okay, that's not it." I totally get that, but I'm sorry. Temperatures and winds. That was a joke. Oh, not, sure it was. Not for me. Well, glass expands in heat, so it's actually probably closer. Oh, and then man. if you counteract that with the wind pushing it back, then you're at zero. Oh. Science. No. <laughs> it's all about grabbing doors. <laughs> the entire no field of science was invented for half-blind people so they could open glass doors. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Never mind how the glass doors got there in the first place. No, no. <laughs> They're all Scientologists. It's in the title. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 